0: All right, Omaha, welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. This is a little bit different today. We've got a little uh, podcast inception going on here, a podcast within a podcast. Um, I had the very special pleasure of joining the Saturday Omaha crew for lunch today, and that is a couple gentlemen here from Omaha. They are very good friends. They have been going out to uh, Saturday lunch for years just as a way to stay connected And they have been going to different restaurants, tasting delicious foods, usually eating copious amounts of it. And about a year and a half ago, in the September of 2018, they decided, let's make this thing a podcast. So I'm just going to let you guys introduce yourselves so we get a sense of everyone's voices. Here's the Fatterday Omaha crew.
1: All right. So I am Dave from Fatterday Omaha. Uh, I sound a lot like uh, one of our other guests, which we'll get to in just a second. So uh, have fun telling us apart during the podcast. Um yeah, we've been doing this since uh twenty eighteen and uh we love food and love eating together and the camaraderie and food uh keep us together and give us a chance to catch up on the week. And Dan, we are very happy that uh you are having us on your podcast uh as uh, I definitely enjoy what you do as well.
0: Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure.
2: I am the other member of the trio, uh, most 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 times trio. Uh I'm Sam. I've been uh knowing Dave for, for many, 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 many years. Uh, T.J. about the same amount of time, which is the other fellow. Um, I just like to eat food and talk about it, and I'm rather crass.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm T.J. I'm a medium level of crass, and I sound like Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so those are, that's your Fatterday Omaha crew, everyone. And uh, just right off the bat, um, when you get a chance, whether you finish up this episode or you go right now, look these guys up on iTunes. It's the Fatterday Omaha podcast, just Saturday, but with an F instead of an S. And they've built up a very heavy library of episodes at all kinds of different restaurants over the years. They give very unique, um, just fun reviews, the things that they do. And we'll get into more of that as the podcast goes along. But I wanted to give you guys a plug there because I... I've been a fan for a long time, so I think just being able to go out and eat with you today and then record the special episode that we did earlier was a lot of fun. Sincere thanks, thanks yeah. from us, yes. Of course. Um, so I kind of gave like a brief intro to Fatterday, but I want the definition from the guys who created it and the guys who do it. How did Fatterday get started and how do you define it?
1: All right. So the, the basics of it is uh, we would go out to lunch on Saturday. It was the time for the three of us to catch up on the week. Um, and so it was our one time to eat eat something you know really good and, and, and catch up with each other. It kind of morphed a little bit. Um, we made sure that we always went to someplace that was really, really good. Like... Subway, fine if you need a sandwich during the week, whatever. But that's not where we're going. Uh, You know, we'd go to places like Nettie's or Stella's or Fat Shack or, oh oh man, this
2: new place just opened. We got to go check it out Mm -hmm. together.
1: Right. So it really became uh, more than just lunch, it was friends and food and epic lunch. And that's kind of how it got started. And it was always Saturday lunch. And because of the epicness, it became fatter day lunch
2: and we would all usually ride in the car together so we when we get done eating we would take the drive back home to drop in each other off whoever may have been driving like hey man what would you think about the price what would you think about those flavors what would you think about our service man how would change this that and so kind of like we all had our, our our sections when we would talk in the car and it just kind of morphed into like we should just record yeah. this and let people listen to us blabber it because totally we're just kind just of entertaining and,
3: and be done with it yeah because that's well, and for me, it was always uh, T.J. is the the analyst, generally speaking, and I'll be sitting there boring everyone with. Here comes T.J. There's, there's a hint of there's a hint of cinnamon in this. <laughs> I know there is. I need a few more bites to uncover it. Hold on. And and so we there there'd be enough analysis or camaraderie between us that yeah, we just kind of decided at some point. We could just put a recorder down in front of this. It'd probably be interesting. And to Paul, just real other quick notes too. I know Sam and I get asked a lot
1: at work, like, where should I go eat? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So there's, I, I'm sure you oh, do. I as know well. that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's part of it. And the other thing is uh, TJ and I usually eat real small during the week. We eat pretty tiny. And so Saturday not only needs to be that friendship and taste, but uh, we're looking for some really good stuff because this is going to be our meal for the week. Like this has got to be a good thing. So mm-hmm. there you go.
0: Now, something that you just touched on, TJ, is I think what I really like about you guys' show is that you cover food from all different aspects of it. If someone wants to get into the nitty gritty and talk about, you know, the amount of pepper in a dish, or oh, that you know, this dish really came alive because there's cumin and there's a there's avocado oil or something like, you can get into the the real like review of it. Or you can come at it from like the everyman angle where you're just talking about like if the average person goes into a restaurant and wants to order something, what should they order? Why should they like it? You know, because there are some people who really want to do the whole food network thing and dissect food, and that's great. And there are some people who just say, I need a good meal. Where should I go? You guys' podcast covers all spectrum of people, I would say.
1: Yeah, thank you. We, yeah, we try to, you, you really do get three different opinions here you know we we have a lot of commonality between us uh tj definitely i think ranks as the the analyst um uh <laughs> of the group uh sam is is direct and to the point he will tell you like it is and and <laughs> and that's one thing i appreciate and i have told him many many times i always what when you, when you hear from him is honesty and i really like that uh, I, I think I'm the perpetual optimist of mm-hmm. the group. Yes. Um, and so you, you really get a few different things, but I think Dan, you nailed it as we try to get into the, you know, the, the depth of food a little bit too. But part of this is when we talk about this is how are you going to feel? What are you going to experience going here yourself? And hopefully with, but you know, if you take the cross section of the three of us, you kind of get that. Mm-hmm.
0: And you guys do a great job. You individually rank the taste, you rank how full you get from eating there, you rank how you feel about your wallets after you leave there. So I think you do such a good job of just recover recovering all aspects of the restaurant game. Now, something that I'm really fascinated in, and this kind of plays into where we went today, we went to a place called uh, Chima African Cuisine. Yes. Dave, it's been you and I that have kind of been in communication about putting this, uh, this collaboration of podcasts together and where we were going to go. Yeah. And you brought this place up to me, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty well versed in Omaha restaurants, and I had no idea that this place even existed. And it ended up turning out great. People, I recommend that you go and listen to that episode on Saturday's podcast. Yes, but I featuring
1: th- Dan Hoppen.
0: This this is a long rambling explanation into me asking oh, how we do, like those. How do you guys decide? Because there are just so many restaurants in Omaha, so many different cuisines. How do you narrow it down and say? This is our big meal that we are celebrating this week, and we are dedicating it to X restaurant. How do you well, go about easy. that process?
2: We have a fat tome. We, it a, a fat book. tome? We have a book about in fat, <laughs> inked and cholesterol, where we have written down names of, of restaurants that we find, and then we just pick one off of there. I mean, it's not really inked or anything. It's are, just a spreadsheet are document. Are you revealing the existence of the Caloronomicon? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: I mean, it may or may not be a Google Doc, but... Um, it is a
2: Google Doc, and uh, it's just a list of restaurants you want to try. Yeah,
1: so I, I, I will tell you, I, I love combing the Omaha landscape, and so a lot of this is... So if Sam notices something's going to open up, it'll usually be, hey Dave, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's take a look at this place. Um, I have dug through the depths of Yelp, like spelunking Indiana Jones style, like nobody's business to find things. I've driven by places and gone, oh, that's new. Let's check this out. So there is a little bit of pre-research that's done to hopefully identify something that might be a fatter Day worthy spot, you know, because if it's, you know, Jimmy's uh plain oatmeal shack, um <laughs> man, I, I gotta check those toppings and what see what's going? going on there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, okay, you know, maybe, but uh do do you put bacon on it? Okay, maybe we're we're somewhere. And and to be clear too, even though the name is Fatter Day Omaha, uh it doesn't always have to be, you know, a nacho cheese bowl. So when we're yes, looking it does. at oh okay, you're right. But uh you know all types of cuisine are open. Right. So it has to have interest. So it it really is all of those aspects. Um the uh, I'll give a shout out to the Omaha Food Lovers group. There's mm-hmm. people bringing up new places there. Uh Dan yourself restauranthoppin.com. Um, you right, have thank lists you for the of plug. things absolutely. Um you know, I know especially like there's you have some things on there from Lincoln and that is an untapped market for for us, we've been there, mm-hmm. um, but there are some places I haven't been to. So many, many different aspects. So it's finding a spot, whether uh, online, driving around, and then researching to see if we think it might hit that mark, and then investigating it from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, something, Sam, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to get into it a little more. Is just one of the things, and I'm I'm 30 now, so that this has been going on for a while. But like the thing that stinks about getting older is the friendships that you get in college and you have as a young person. As you grow up, st- life just gets in the way. Sure. Stuff happens. You don't get to see your friends as often. You start. You get married, you have kids, you get a busy schedule. I love that you guys have this meal each week or each two weeks designated where you say, we're setting aside time to establish this relationship and maintain this relationship so it doesn't fall off. Just how has food kind of helped keep you guys together and keep that relationship intact?
2: Well, it's made me wider, so
0: <laughs> space-wise, it just
2: automatically makes us closer. And def- definitely in terms of keeping in
3: literal touch, it does make things <laughs> easier, especially if we're all on the same couch.
2: Yeah, I think Dave, Dave and I have been good friends since high school, and we did have probably a good... Three or four years where we lost touch, and I Maybe walked so. into his Radio Shack. He was working. Like, Dave. And he's like Sam. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, kind of hooked up, and he gave me a CD to listen to, and we kind of rekindled our friendship from there. And we've always kind of kept in touch. And you know, we're old men now. We have children, significant others, and lives and stuff. But uh, I think Dave's one of the few people that I can sit with in a car for six hours and we can keep conversation going all six hours Mm -hmm. and we've known each other for absolute years. Like I will think something and he will come out and say it or I, he will think something and I'll say it. It's just one of those weird symbiotic relationships kind of Yeah, where we're in each other's own headspace and we can just riff off of each other constantly without, without effort. And mm-hmm. it's one of those rare friendships. I think I have like maybe two other people I can count on where I can really do that with. It's just we're cut kind of the same cloth, relatively. I don't really know how to say it other well, than that.
1: Yeah, and I think the 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 tradition has kind of formed itself, you know, going out. And and I have to say it's interesting because I think I'll I'll speak for the three of us and then let the other two of us speak for themselves. Um, but it's one of those things where if we miss out, like if Fatter Day doesn't happen. It just it kills my weekend, man. It's it's oh, become sure, yeah. that much a part of my weekend. Like if I don't get to make that happen. So we go to great lengths sometimes to make something happen so it occurs. Yeah. yeah. Whether
2: whether if it's rearranging up to a Friday night or a Sunday afternoon or something during the week. We try to make it happen some way or another.
3: See, and TJ is the, the erstwhile third. I'm I'm out on a good number of episodes. I have a lot of other things happening, but I'm I'm gonna put it to you this way. I'm a skydiver and I love it and it's one of the best things that I've ever done and I have to miss out on fatter days to go do that sometimes and I'm out in the air in the sky flying and the thought that occasionally goes through my head between 10 and 8,000 feet in the air is you know I really wish I would have gone and done fatter day today <laughs> <laughs> if I only had a burger right now uh-huh so it's it's definitely it, it's a great way to keep together it's Especially Dave and Sam, I am I am an introvert who just enjoys the fact that they can hold that conversation and will either throw in an aside or TJ's nine hour long fireside chat. One Which or we other. love, <laughs> we
2: absolutely love. But
3: uh, I think uh, I think those guys and I, to a lesser extent, we would find something. If it wasn't food, it would mm-hmm. be something. But food is a good place, and it's. I'm starting to see it as a cultural trend, and Dave's pointed it out on social media. You're, you're seeing it more and more. We aren't all watching ABC, NBC, CBS anymore. We aren't talking about that one episode of something, or you know, maybe the Super Bowl, but on the whole, the the game last night. It's less and less of a thing for people, those common cultural moments, and we're starting to see a lot of people... Using that as as the common point, the touchstone, everyone eats to, to relate to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone eats, everyone enjoys food, and we're all we're looking for that restaurant or that pop up, and that's very much the way we, as a culture, especially millennials and younger, kind of relate to each other. And for us, it's it's just a good spot to be. We we like to analyze, we like to create, we like to to find new things and experience new things, and we can do that pretty reliably week over week and get together this way
1: the other quick anecdote about food as well is you have to eat so Mm -hmm. it's like when you're driving in the car hey listen to you know the restaurant hopping podcast because you're in the car what else you're going to do you're you're driving you have time everybody's got to eat so what a great opportunity i got to eat lunch on saturday regardless i'd rather make it really really awesome so
0: you know Just let me uh, wipe the tear away from my eye. <laughs> that, that was really beautiful. <laughs> you guys laid it out so nicely there. Um, I think a big reason why people should listen to your podcast and why I enjoy listening to the podcast so much is you just have a unique way of breaking down the meals that you eat. And something that I love is, in I feel like at least once an episode, you come up with some kind of new term
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that
0: gets used. Whether it is like, instead of calling pizza crust crust it's now a pizza grip right instead of calling a bun a bun it's a burger holder and a good burger or, or good bun like a solid one is a burger holder plus right. like stuff like that or like sam it up it means add cheese sauce yes. to something <laughs> and of course there's the ever famous croist which <laughs> makes more appearances than just about any term just ha- how do you come up with those things? do they just happen on the fly and, and all of a sudden it's just, just like let's just go with it
2: on the fly it's just uh we're very. We've been creating stuff for quite some time. We have various things. Um, yes, you know, just to speak on Dave's and TJ's uh, past. Their their father's an engineer. He just makes stuff. Mm-hmm. Dave makes stuff. He creates things. TJ makes stuff. He creates things. I do the same. Like when we were at lunch, I I do music on the side. You know, I mm-hmm. made a big order. Where I was like, I create stuff, and this is. It's just we're naturally creative people, and I we're witty. I guess we're humorous. I think so. Ish. Yeah. Our 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 ish. <laughs> yeah. We're we're humor. Yeah. I I would say we we like to be
1: witty and humorous. I think we all like uh, wordplay yeah. and uh, things just naturally happen. Um, and so yeah, the, those those words are are happening and when they stick like Croyce. on the spot cr- crunchy that, and moist yeah and usually if it generates a good laugh from the crew then it gets added permanently so. lexicon. Uh, yeah. are there or any- if it
3: makes TJ furious <laughs> like I'm codes. looking at you worthy <laughs> Oh, Woody and Ernie and Earthy. Oh, wow. hates that one.
0: Are there are there any other ones on the ones that I mentioned that stick out to you guys, like well, immediately come to mind?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, Dan. So there uh, <laughs>
0: Do you have a do you have a dictionary? Uh, as a list?
1: Yes, there is actually a a Fatter uh Fatter Day glossary in That's addition beautiful. to the tome. Um I will give you a so couple that be
2: coming to Barnes and Noble shortly. Uh or?
1: we should publish this thing, but I'll, I'll give you a couple other ones. Uh there is the food mat, a mat like kindergarten story time where you can eat your food on the floor. But um, did we, we coin
3: food mask oh I know
1: yeah, and, I don't remember and remember food coming. i I have to say uh one of the ones that I also really like is bun leather bun leather that is tight. Is, yeah bun bun leather is, tight. that is the outside of a a burger bun, and of course uh you can have a a nice sheen a burger sheen burger or sheen. or you know sheen on your bun leather if you have like a brioche bun with with butter on it so yeah there there there's a list there's a list
0: i love it um Something that I think is so interesting is as someone who also does food reviews is if I go back to how I reviewed food 3 years ago, 1 year ago, even 6 months ago, it's constantly changing because the new restaurant experiences that I have give me more knowledge and make me view places differently. Like if I ate at a pizza place 6 months ago and I was like, "Oh, that's the best pizza I've had," and then I go, you know, somewhere better, um Three weeks later, I view that original place differently. So how has, as you guys have done this for a year and a half now, how has your view on food changed?
1: Interesting. So we kind of had this discussion, I think, uh, I I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. I ran some uh, statistics on our our ratings on the different restaurants. And Mm -hmm. I think, Dan, you actually had ping me and you're like, how would you rate these things differently?
0: Because I'm so curious. Because I have to go back every once in a while and adjust some of my ratings because – your opinions change when you have different things, when you have more information.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because part of the rating is we, we sort of – I mean, you do rate it against other restaurants. But I think we also kind of try to rate it on a, uh, a standalone, a static it's thing too, mm-hmm. on its own merit. Um, so I, uh, having gone back over prior ratings, I don't know if a lot would change other than sometimes the we, – we might have an ordering fail. I, you know, I'll, I'll throw out burrito envy out there, and in fact, both Sam and Dan called me out on this one. Uh, I went to burrito <laughs> envy. Got tacos at
0: burrito envy. Yeah,
1: I ordered tacos. Now, in in my personal defense to myself, you know, tacos should be awesome too. It's whatever you serve, but they do
0: sell tacos, so they, they should be good. They
1: but are, It's not called taco that's envy. That's right. It's not called tacos. So things like that, or uh, you know, we, you know, Sam and I, we, we've had a couple experiences places where. Um, especially on first time visits where maybe it wasn't as good as we thought and and a revisit might be necessary. So Mm -hmm. I think that would be the biggest thing is there's places I wouldn't mind going back to, to see if that, if it works out better the next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I personally have on my own time gone back to places we've been to just because I'm taking somebody Mm -hmm. because I want to go there again. Like, Hey, we reviewed this place. Let me take somebody there, see what they think. They pretty much stand up. I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty honest and I don't, short myself and I don't really try to compare much to other restaurants. So I think my initial assessment is pretty on point, unless it's a brand new restaurant. Like some places we just went oh. who will need a, a six months break before I decide <laughs> to actually go back there and review. Because them. we
1: did not podcast. Cause yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, when you have nothing <laughs> nice to say, don't say anything at all. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're, I, I think my, my reviews would probably stand the test of time. Cause I, I, I give it merit on themselves and very rarely try to compare them to, to other places of what they are, unless they're a brand new restaurant and they're just trying to get their stuff together. So yeah, I think it would hold the same amount of water.
0: I, I agree with that. Just to further explain like where I'm coming from, like I'm going to use a specific example. The way that I viewed brisket changed after I ate at smoke and barrel. Okay. okay. So, so okay like, right. The way I the way that I judged brisket beforehand, I thought I'd had really good brisket. And then you have a different level of brisket sure. and it's like, okay, that other brisket can still be good. But I've, I've been to the mountain, and I've looked yes. down, and I've seen that gorgeous view, and <laughs> there aren't other briskets up here on this mountain. They can be close. Maybe they're ascending as well, but they're yes. not quite there. So I think the that's pizza kind plateau. of what I was getting at. I was going to say, yeah, I,
3: I, we, there are some easy outs in this conversation, and I'm going to use one of them up now because Pudgy's ruined the pizza plateau for me now, and since, unfortunately, he's closing up shop. Uh, the Pizza Plateau has, has returned. Yeah. But yeah, there, there are some of those that, uh, for me, Smoke and Barrel was, I've been waiting for that barbecue that I was certain that could exist. Yeah. And then I went there and went, oh, it exists Your now. eyes are opened, yeah. But Pudgy's was that, uh, that rocked the landscape. I believe we went into some detail on that one. So yeah, there, there are some of those that make that big change. There is a, a certain place that we may repodcast on, so I can't name it. But they make things with uh, with a grip, and cheese and toppings, and uh, you and Dave have uh, have discussed this particular place before. And interestingly enough, going back, and I will say this about most of our early reviews: there are some of them like B and B Classic Dogs. I think we did we hit fives on that, or we hit real. You close? rated it a five, sir. Yeah. Okay. I gave it a five. I would not give it a five now. Mm-hmm. Do I? Would I still love to be able to eat there? Yes. Again. This is another easy out. I could pretend it's a five all day because you'll never know.
0: Because <laughs> it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
3: But I would review that differently. But most of them, the number holds up. The Frampton scale number holds up very well in almost all the early reviews. But with this pizza place, and I oh, now I said it, I'm, I'm getting closer to naming it, but I think I With, know what you're talking. Uh-huh. If you want to
0: name it, we can.
3: Well, if we're gonna do re-review, I don't want to. Okay, don't want to okay, we won't spoil too anything. much. But there, there is a spot, and yeah, I, I think you have an idea of uh, of which one it is that we reviewed somewhere in the middle, and I like the number on it, but my my wording on the review. My level of uh, of positivity and exact thoughts on certain things would change drastically. And going back when Dave published the stats, I found that about a whole lot of them. The early reviews where now I've eaten more places and I would, wouldn't would think as well of certain things, but the number's still good. hmm mm-hmm. But the review would be totally different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: I think Dan, I think you nailed it with the
1: brisket comparison. When you hit that next level thing, you you do kind of reset like, oh, wait a minute, this is this is the stuff. So yeah, I, I could see that changing things and, and maybe to your point, TJ, maybe the numbers hold up okay, but maybe the, the finer detail would shift a little bit. So
0: now we've we've been talking about the numbers and the ratings, and I think we even had that we dropped in a mention of Frampton. For people who aren't aware yet, I think we need to talk about the Frampton. And this comes with a confession from me. Oh, I love it. Is on many of my episodes, usually not when I interview chefs, but when I just have other people on, I ask them at the very end of the episode for their I got you restaurant, restaurant. which I I define it as if someone comes in from out of town and they say, I want to eat some more unique in Omaha, take me somewhere awesome. And I say, I got you. This is the one place I would take you. I stole that from you guys because that's (laughs) your idea. And I'm happy to admit that right now because it was brilliant. And as soon as I heard it come out of Sam's mouth, I was like, Good God, that's amazing! So that plays into the Frampton scale. Just talk about the Frampton scale, how that was established, and how you came up with can that just beautiful way of describing it. Can
2: we it. do the genesis of the Frampton? I think I we, I think thought. we
1: should. But I, but real quick, since we're we're doing confessions, yes. I, I'm going to add one since since Dan published that out there. I, I have to uh, confess and thank Dan Hoppen uh, for writing up your Twitter story on how you talked to Jess and Paul at Block 16 and got your uh, burger. On their menu, yeah. Uh, that is how the Saturday Saturday special at Block 16 happened because I saw that and got a hold of uh, Justin Paul. Okay, so we're even. We've yeah.
3: <laughs> ripped off we, each other enough. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. There's, okay. There's, good. <laughs> there's, there's
1: there's no bad blood here. It's it's, it's all good. So the the the, the Frampton scale. So when Saturday started, if you listen to like the very first two episodes, so the very first episode was at Fat Shack, rest in peace, and the second one was at Taco Company. Um, so. A taco company, not a a messy, sloppy place. However, at the end of that episode, we actually do a review of making a Twinkie wiener sandwich, which if you haven't had one before, it's a cold hot dog on a Twinkie with spray cheese. Okay? Um, (laughs) And it comes from the Weird Al Yankovic movie UHF. Anyway, Fat Shack, on the other hand, can be a very messy place. They used to have the Shack Attack Fry and all this big stuff. So the Frampton scale kind of started as the overall review of, you know, how big, Big, messy, and of course, tasty. Everything was. Mm-hmm. As time went on, the the Frampton scale morphed a little bit. And, and I should back up because I think I know what Sam maybe wants wants to get to. Um, the Frampton scale actually came from a fictional character we came up with, whose name was Frampton. And we decided Frampton was the largest individual you could possibly imagine, exceeding physics. Um and and he he originally was gonna make appearances on the podcast and talk about things like how he had a gravy flagon with him at all times. Well, it
3: eventually became a gravy flagon collection that he kept out back in a special house with the. And then he would wear
1: a. He had, watch. he had a food tunic, so he'd wear the food tunic to catch his food. Okay, so Frampton was originally a character that might have made appearances in the podcast. Okay, he never did. Okay, but, but his, he
0: does make appearances saying gravy oh, gravy. oh gravy. yeah that's true that's true he that
1: does is, live on yeah. that is true that is his essence but but what it became was the the frampton scale then just became our Saturday omaha overall scale for a restaurant uh, that's kind of our final review and 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 dan i'll let you you know kind of let me know what you more you want to know about it but uh um it is it is definitely our overall review and because that's our special place to eat
0: um it has to rank on that scale for
1: you know for a special place to eat on mm-hmm. a Saturday.
0: Yeah. Well, Sam Sam was the one who came up with that description of, you know, if someone is coming in from out of town on a scale of one to five, going by those half-point increments, half steps only. What is the likelihood that you're going to recommend at this place? Um, so just so we can give people some ideas, and I I have a few in my head just from memories, but what are some of the highest Sure. Rated Frampton places. So it, I, I know there's a special one for me. This is just my, this is the obligatory block sixteen. Yeah, let's, let's just show. get that yeah. out. So of we'll the just way throw that right one now. out there. <laughs>
1: um, so for for our first year, uh, block sixteen. Uh, I mean, we love block sixteen. Uh, they had our single favorite. Dish overall, which the poutine was the protein burrito. Oh, yeah. So good. So uh, that ranked up there. Uh, we had b and I think, was in the uh, a higher range. Fours and fives. Uh, right? mm-hmm. Caribbean Delights, though, was our, our overall highest for the first year. Um, and I think we threw some fours or fives in there. So uh, Block 16 uh, hunger Caribbean block. delight. Yeah, I
3: wanted to throw 100. hunger mm-hmm. block and was
1: hunger in block, there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, quite a few that rank up there and, and there's a lot of really good stuff around the mid range around the two and a half ish. There's some really awesome places around town too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, pudgies, I think, uh, was in the four or five rating because of its taste size and just, it's a unique. Yeah. Range. The
2: only thing that brought it down was it's decor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> decor and lack of ice tea uh, and lack of ice tea.
0: um, what is the number one thing that you guys have learned about the Omaha restaurant scene from touring around and trying so many different places? Ooh.
1: I I'm going to go for diversity. Mm-hmm. When you start, you know,
0: oh, oh,
1: oh there's nothing to do in Omaha. There's nothing to eat in Omaha. You got you just haven't looked. The amount and especially within the last 5 or 10 years. Oh yeah. The amount of Excellent food and diverse food around this town. What, what do you want? The only the only market we don't have anymore. You cannot get a pierogi or German food is is few and far between in this town.
0: And now deep dish pizza. And deep dish yeah. pizza now, is now, now that Pudgies is yeah uh, no yeah more. it's
1: shrinking. So I I think for me it's it's diversity. And uh, it, it takes a little work to find those small shops, but it's totally worth it. So mm-hmm. that, that'd be mine.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I've learned doing this podcast is a lot of people don't tell other people about gems. Um, one of my favorite gems got about six months of restaurant time before they closed. Bruce, uh, Bruce Leroy city walk, oh, the soul, walk. Soul walk. The soul Bruce walk, soul walk, which was a Asian soul food combination fusion thing. And the place decor was amazing Everything on the inside, it was kind of like Gojo's is now with the, the urban spray painting on oh, the inside. Oh, Jojo's, yeah. Jojo's, excuse me. Uh, but they also had, their menus were TVs Whoa. with Nintendos. Oh, like they that's had the, awesome. They had the Kung Fu menu, or the Kung Fu video game, but morphed into a menu. So it looked like Kung Fu was playing on the video game, but that's it was actually incredible. their menu. They had a Super Mario Brothers menu, and they had like all these different TVs, and hip-hop was playing 24 Seven inside the thing, uh-huh. unadulterated. They had a mogwai stuck in the corner and the place was just freaking amazing. One, it would have been a five for for me easily. They had like- um, It's like catfish fried cat, cat, rice? Yeah, catfish uh, lo mein. They had uh, pork cheek, char siu. They had uh, just really cool. They had uh, mac and cheese egg rolls. Mm-hmm. Just really cool stuff. No one knew about it. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I would tell people, I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'll probably go. Nobody ever went. I hate that. Like, there's so many cool and great places that people don't speak up and tell other people about, and then they die, hum- and you Hunger never get Block. it. Again. Hunger Block is tucked away in Rock,
1: Rock yeah, and mm-hmm. they're they're awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, go get the Priya Mixta and, and go live life. It's it's
2: awesome. That's, yeah. that's one thing I've learned.
0: Yeah, that's the type. There are just so many places like that, and like we were talking about Pudgies earlier. Like, location matters so much for a Very restaurant. Much so, mm-hmm. if you you know if you're not in a location that people are just going to drive by and be enticed by, it is. Even if you have amazing cuisine, it can be hard to make it. Like making yep. it as a tour is very, very difficult yeah. in general. So yeah, to have that platform where you guys can tell people about new places, I think is really, really cool. And that's something I love about your podcast is you go to places like Stella's, like Block 16, that that everyone knows about. And those are the favorites. But you also go to um, Chicana. You go right. to you know, uh, like the place we went to today, Chima, you know, you go to these places that when I see it pop up in my podcast feed, I'm like,
1: where did they go? I don't
0: even know what this is. And then (laughs) I listen to the episode and I'm like, okay, now I'm making my reservation. So I think that's really cool. Uh, TJ, your misconception or no, not misconception. (laughs) Favorite thing you've learned. I'm jumping ahead.
3: It's, I mean, I'm going to echo everybody else here. It's, I was kind of aware of this to begin with, you know, growing up in Omaha, if you don't know, you don't know. The advertising isn't there. Discoverability of things until very recently really has been difficult. Malara's is always my favorite Mm, example mm -hmm. for this where it's tucked away in the neighborhood off. What is that? 11th and Pierce. And it it looks more or less like every other house, house, just a little bit bigger. And you go in and it's a full on, you know, Italian restaurant with the stamped metal ceilings and all that kind of stuff. And it's, Homemade, handmade noodles, and nobody knows that it's there unless somebody who's been there has told, told you. you about it's it. all been word of mouth, and that's why that's one of the main reasons I personally, and I think all of us, want to grow our podcast. It's why we're glad you're around. It's why we like the Omaha lovers, uh, the Omaha lovers food group. The Omaha <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's,
3: that's a different, a different group, group very, very different group. A little more taboo. Um, the The Omaha Food Lovers Group is a a big deal, getting those names out there, but it's discovering just how much even I kind of thought I knew before. Oh, but yeah. we're finding so many places, all these little hole in the wall places that serve cuisine I didn't know we had in Omaha and very, and I think actually your your show has been better than us at showcasing this because you have the full-on interviews and the in-depth stuff with like Matt Verzel and all these people who are really passionate mm-hmm. about what they're doing, and they want to bring something special and something unique literally to the table. And we're seeing that in the scene, and it's been real interesting diving into that side of things. Mm-hmm. Well, Yeah, and it's like, it's like Dave uh, Utterback at Yoshitomo
1: and then the chef down at Umami. You know, he's, he's a, you know, the guy that's
0: super interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the guy that, you know, he was in New York and then moved to Bellevue to start a sushi restaurant. And then, you know, got Dave that's set up in the middle of Benson and is running this killer place. Like, wow. You know, and the other thing is these little mom and pop shops, you know, they're not going to have the budget to go put on a big network mm-hmm. TV ad come to my place. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Definitely some awesome stuff around.
0: Yeah. And I think when you were talking there, TJ, like another place that jumps to mind immediately for me is Tasty Pizza. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's like literally in a house just in midtown somewhere. If I hadn't had my friend Josh Peterson tell me about it, I would have had no idea that it existed. And they serve awesome like individual sized pizzas for like know? four
1: bucks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you would never know just driving by. So yeah, it is it's great to just to have that platform, even if it's just on social media, to just talk about uh to talk about different restaurants. For sure. Um so speaking of that, are there any, and I know that there's one off the top of my head that you guys are going to want to mention, but are there any like lesser known places or places that you went to that really surprised you and you feel like are getting kind of slept on but people need to get out and go to?
1: Well, I think uh, I, uh, Hunger Block was one of those that that we found um, that I, I don't know how many people had eaten there when we did the podcast, but that was one of those things just you know, surfing around or whatever and found that one. And uh, that was quite the pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh. And they're doing these crazy burgers and, you know, South American food of all different types. And then that milkshake they have is just ridiculous. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a – I'm a two-time champion, place. by the way. Are you two, two milkshakes? Attaboy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So I'll, I'll throw Hunger Block out there.
2: Uh, for me, it was Chicana. Uh, yeah. I have eaten at that Romeo's with a former person that I know so many times not knowing that that place was there. And then I go there and I'm swept off of my feet by the decor. <laughs> yeah. And then the food is, you know, like I said, a broke Rhodesio. And I love Rhodesio. And the fact that I don't have to drive to Lincoln to go get Rhodesio type foods right here in Omaha was quite amazing. And it's just like you're taken to a completely different place of the earth. Yeah. So.
1: Speaking of those, those terms that you mentioned earlier, Dan, uh, uh, Chakana has the best food couch. That would be a booth yes. um, in all uh, of Omaha. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have blankets.
3: See, and my go-to was going to be Hunger Block. You've already... Uh, I stole it from you. Yeah, you've already been there. Um, well, while you look, oh, I crap. can't believe I, you guys haven't said Caribbean Delights yet.
2: That's the easy cop-out.
3: I know,
0: but oh. we, we, it needs to be mentioned because oh, that's one gosh. of those places where I feel most people don't know that. That's, and uh, And I haven't even been there yet. And that's entirely my fault because you guys have done a great job trumpeting it.
3: wow i i can't
2: believe you want to talk about caribbean delights you need to because i
3: mean (laughs) i mean i could mine honestly i i had forgotten it while thumbing through this list here but mouth of the south for me but i know it's it's well known for others and close yeah but we drove by it for however many years until we finally did the episode on it and it was phenomenal i had i had no idea and didn't know anybody who'd eaten there either i i think real quick that
1: I think real quick that uh, Smoke and Barrel for a little oh, bit yeah. was slept on because it's in such a weird spot. Def- mm-hmm. Definitely a was. Yeah, not anymore. But yeah, I, I can't believe I didn't pull that right out. But yeah, Caribbean Delight for sure. Um, over off a of 72nd and Blondo. And uh, it's amazing. You would never, you don't even know what's there. and But it's amazing. Go eat there and get, get the jerk chicken and a, and a beef patty.
3: And cocoa bread. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, for our slept on restaurant, Big Green Q. Not wrong. Good barbecue, very unique. I don't even know if they're serving. Are they still serving I'll, out of the brick and mortar? Do you I'll, know? I'll
1: help you out. The brick and mortar spot, I believe, is closed for the moment, but they're starting a new venture called Trucks and Taps, I believe, in combination with Dire Lion Food Truck. And
3: so it sounds like they're going to be serving food again. Yeah, hopefully they they get the Besides press the food because they, had, they were they were in combination with Ted and Wally's and Benson, mm-hmm. and it was an eat-in spot and not... As we discussed on the episode, it, it feels like an ice cream parlor. It doesn't feel like it's a restaurant where you're going to be sitting down for a full meal. And people just kind of passed it by because all the signage out front, all the decor was for Ted and Wally's. But they were right there serving very unique, very good Barbecue. The burn ends were were great. That brisket was. I've never had anything exactly like it. He had some sort of a peach wood smoke. There was a lot of good stuff going on. Their but tater no tats. one was going in. Oh yeah, nothing like a, a homemade never from tater scratch tater tot. tater tot. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 well, at, they a tater, tater tot that's worth making a destination is yes. totally different. Well, they took the location over from
1: locomotive, and so I think they got the recipe for the tater tots from them, if I remember right. But uh, yeah, that trucks and taps. Keep an eye out for that one because you may get big green Q again. So
0: all right. Um, what is the biggest, as you've explored the Omaha food and what do you think is the biggest misconception that most people have about it that you've discovered and you're like, someone says it now and you're just like, no, that's not true. Well,
2: Omaha is just known for steaks. Yeah. That's it. That's all we have is steaks, it's all right? we have: Steaks and yeah.
1: corn. Mm-hmm. Steaks and know? corn and potatoes and burgers and burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Which are just, you know, pocket steaks <laughs> and <laughs> yes. steaks. Um, yeah, I, I totally, I just, you know, if you, there's so much to eat here, and, and if you're looking for something, it's there, you just got to find it, or maybe that we can't keep up with uh, Kansas City, or we can't keep up with uh, Chicago, or whatever, I mean, I'm sure there's certain types of cuisine we maybe, you know, I, I mentioned Polish food, you, you can't go out and get a pierogi unless it's the St. Stan's Polish Festival, mm-hmm. okay, so there is that, I got you, but there's there's just so much here, and I think we can keep
0: up with a lot of places, the ironic thing about what you just said, Sam, is I don't – when I think of the best restaurants in Omaha are my favorites, I don't think of steak places. Like That, the, that
2: was 1982. Yeah.
0: The Drover kind of comes to mind. But I'm thinking about sushi. I'm thinking about barbecue. I'm thinking about fine dining. I'm thinking about Italian. Like I'm – Even like Hunger Block, you're talking Latin American food. I'm thinking about all these different cuisines. Even burgers aren't the first thing that come to my mind anymore.
2: I think Mexican, honestly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mexican. There's all kinds of good Mexican. Indian.
2: It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's the biggest. I mean, isn't it a fact? That we have like the most diverse restaurants per capita. Oh, the most the that, most uh, restaurants per capita. I know that, if that is a very it's a
3: very dubious fact. We have a lot of them, and it all depends on which poll you're reading. Whether we're at like number one or like number three hundred. There's a lot of. Lot I've of restaurants. done some serious research on that, but boy oh boy, do we have a lot of restaurants per capita. Yeah. I, I think one of the things where
1: we're unique too is the the number of restaurants that are putting. uh, uh Interest into their place where it's 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 sushi, but it's you know it's Dave at Yoshitomo doing the omakase. I'm going to get it right because you, you nailed you, it. You taught me how to pronounce it. it. Uh, thank you, Dave Utterback and Dan Hoppen. Um, but things like that, or you know, it's just this unique stuff
3: happening and fun stuff, fun places to go eat. Well, I suppose that's the the degree to which our population is cosmopolitan. There are a good number of other nations represented that we have a, a reasonably sized segment, but like uh, Vietnamese are a good example. Mm, mm-hmm. I, uh, I work at a place with a, man, I want to say we're close to a quarter Vietnamese. We have a lot of Vietnamese people working there just by whatever coincidence, but you don't realize we have a fairly good sized segment of those individuals in this population. We have a lot of people from other countries, a lot of people from various African nations. I know quite a few Togolese dudes. And we have potential for a great deal of ethnic cuisine, and now we're finding that, yeah, people are opening up restaurants and bringing the food of their, their home country to our, our little uh, little hamlet here. Middle of the United and, States. Yeah, we have, we have enough business that uh, brings in people from all over. We have people coming in from different countries, different places to live and to work here, and they're bringing the food of their home country here, and it's, it's playing out, in the restaurant scene, if you can find those holes in the wall, those little places here and there that have something very different, there's so much to offer here that you would not expect.
0: Mm-hmm. Dave? Any, any. Top misconceptions that come to mind?
3: Ooh,
1: I, I think that was just it, was my, my view that uh, that we are not diverse or that we can't keep up. Yeah. And, and I think we can do both of those things. We have diverse cuisine, and I think we can keep up with just about anybody. And uh, as I'm you know, listening to your podcast and getting to know some of these restaurants and stuff too, there are chefs around here that have a passion for bringing oh my the gosh, best. Yeah. And they want Omaha to have the best. And they're not leaving to go to Chicago or San Francisco or New York or whatever. They're staying here and or making Omaha the best.
0: Or they go to school here or they start here and then they, they go somewhere else and then they come back. Then they come back. And then they tell other people. They'll they'll tell the chefs that, you know, are struggling with a, a you know the San Francisco uh, lease rates or something. They'll say, Man, get out of there. Bring your food to Omaha. This mm-hmm. is where it's at. I think that's what's helped give us such an awesome restaurant scene is The great chefs are either training here and staying, or they're bringing other people in, which is amazing to see.
1: Right, and we have the the Metropolitan Community College, the Culinary Institute, and they're
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we've you know we've got that here, and uh, yeah, it's and and excuse the pun, but Omaha has the appetite for good food. It's just it's here.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, as we wind down here, I want to. Like, people can listen to your podcast. They can hear about your favorite restaurants in Omaha. They can get the Frampton scale and everything. I want to go laser-focused even more. I want favorite dishes you've enjoyed on the podcast. We gave Ooh. a, sh- a shout-out to the poutine burrito yeah. earlier. But what are some other things that just top of your head, as soon as I say that, like, you're like, oh, man.
2: Two that things. Was a- okay. <clears throat> Sam, go. They're not on the podcast. Do They have to be on the podcast.
0: No, you talk about things that are okay. on the podcast. Rest, in peace.
2: Rest in peace to Build-A-Burger, first and foremost. Build-A-Burger had a creation that I made that I loved so much. <laughs> um, I made, because Build-A-Burger was exactly that. They gave you different patties, different buns, different toppings, different cheeses, different everything. And they had a plethora of options. So I made a Swiss cheese donut peanut butter bacon burger. But <laughs> <that> I absolutely <laughs> adored with every artery in my clogged heart (laughs) and I miss it intently. And then the other burger that Dave had a hand in creating that I also ate chili cheese, Velveeta, Mac and cheese, actual Mac and cheese, Mm -hmm. uh, hot dog, uh, chili bacon, (laughs) double burger. I miss those things extensively (laughs) because I, as we talk about on our podcast, am the burger boss, the burger King, the burger captain burgers are my jam. I miss Bilderberger. Those are some of my favorite things I've ever had.
0: RIP Bilderberger.
2: All right. Okay. Here
1: we go. So things, uh, man, the brisket at Smoke and Barrel Yep. is life-altering. Uh, something that might get slept on a little bit is the Nashville Hot Chicken at Block 16. Yes. Uh, so good. It is solid- Every single time. <laughs> Sam, that's... Sam is
0: not a huge chicken. Yeah. If you,
1: it, TJ and I love fried chicken and have driven uh, to great
3: lengths and drug Sam to places for fried, fried so chicken. That, uh, that yeah. said, Sam is usually right uh, for block 16 chicken. I'm going to go for it's not just chicken. Oh, that's true. It's I was just doing it as the joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, the, the jerk chicken
1: at, uh, Caribbean delights yes. is life altering as well. That's, that's just so good.
2: So that's one of the places where I'm like, no, that's not just chicken. <laughs> uh,
1: that's true. That's true. That might be the
3: only place you order chicken on purpose. So I'll, I'll throw those spots out there. Okay. Mm, well, we've gone over briskets and I, I already kind of gave the plug to big green Q on that. I don't know if he always uses peach wood, but that fruit wood smoke was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first one in my head is Hunger Block. That I don't remember the name of it, but that meat sampler yeah, thing the, they had. The Perea mixta. Uh-huh. Oh. very oh, goodness, very good. yeah. yes. Served on a wooden shield. Yeah, absolutely. It it feels rustic and Meaty. And can we
1: all say it comes with the what sauce? It comes with guasacaca. Oh, guasacaca.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the guasacaca itself, all uh, all sound effects and jokes aside. That Just, was that was a mighty fine discovery and uh, I have Totally stolen that idea. Found a decent recipe for it, and that's that's one of the party pieces. Discovering that there, and everybody loves. Just,
0: I get in- inject that into my veins. Yes. You're you're gonna yes. be you're gonna be emailing me your recipe <laughs> as soon as we get off the mics here, because that is one of it's like an avocado
2: cream dream yeah, sauce,
0: cream sauce that you just. You put on whatever you're eating, then Everything. you take a bite, and then you like take the bottle and squirt the rest of it on whatever yes. you're yes. eating.
2: Oh my whether gosh. if it's oatmeal, whether if it's hot dogs, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It
3: doesn't matter. It will make it better. One of the craziest things about it, it's like 50% green pepper and cilantro. Really? And I've given it to people who hate hate cilantro, and they still love it. Even the people who think it huh. like is soap? Uh-huh. I really? hate cilantro.
0: It, yeah, okay, sad. there's one yeah, that's right. wild. There's could, a lot of
1: cilantro could, in it. Could How I about steal that? 30 seconds to give a shout out to an the best item we didn't have on the podcast, but talked about? 30 sure. seconds, go. Here we go. Glenn Wheeler, chef at Spencer's, the burger. The burger. No longer available, uh, but uh, hopefully we can get that again. That burger was absolutely
2: amazing. There's a reason why it's called the, the burger. burger. There we go.
3: Ooh, ooh! Here's a wacky one for the vegetarians and vegans out there. Okay. The uh, oh crud! The beet this, burger this be at Wilson a, thank and Washburn. You, Wilson and Washburn. I I continually forget the name, but yeah, the beet burger at Wilson and Washburn. I think I had. Did we do the beet Reuben as well. I you, think you, one the or the burger. other of those is optional. It was a, a, yeah. a one off, but there is regularly a beet patty device at Wilson okay. and Washburn. And I don't like me no veggie burgers. Those those Beyond patties can go away. But the beet burger, buddy, that was something. There you that's you That's serious business.
0: I'm going to throw out a couple of my favorites as well because we're here. Um, yeah. I've already mentioned the poutine burrito, croque croissant from Block 16. Everyone yes. knows about that. Oh, yeah. We mentioned Yoshitomo, the aburi wagyu. I got to try that. It's near the top of my list. Uh, the pep, pep, pep pizza from Virtuoso. Oh, with
1: Mike's Hot Honey. Three
0: different types of pepperoni yes. Yes. and Mike's Hot Honey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Among yeah. the best slices of pizza. Uh, we Amen. mentioned the brisket from Smoke and Barrel. The short rib from Dario's Brasserie is just like out of this world tender. It has like this red wine, demi-gloss on it. Tremendous. Nice. And then I'll throw out the burn-ins from Porky Butts are just phenomenal. And I, I could go on. I could say the tasting menus at Au Carant, Dolce, all kinds of stuff. I have a lot of other favorite dishes, but I'll try and limit it those to good. those at this point.
1: good suggestions.
0: Yeah. So as we wind down here is there is there anything else that you guys feel that the people should know about um about Fatterday Omaha as they hopefully stop listening to this and get on <laughs> get on your feed and start listening to your show
2: We're just three guys who like to eat food. We're not actual professional restaurant reviewers. We're just three friends who like to go out and eat and and talk about it. I mean, we're not going to be everyone's not TJ, everyone's not Dave, and everyone's not me. You know, we're just three guys who like to talk and eat.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we 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 try to do our best to be honest with everybody that you know that listens. I guess my biggest thing is, and, and probably me being the perpetual optimist is, if you own a restaurant or uh, you're a chef and you're listening to our, our critique here, and we have three differing opinions. First of all, we care very much for the local restaurants. If you look at our podcast, those are the places that we like to go. We want everyone to. Ex- you know, to succeed, we'd never want to see anybody close or right. anything like that. So, um, you know, and and I worry that sometimes because being, I always say on the podcast, being anywhere on the Frampton scale is a good thing, even at a point five. Um, so, if if you're out there and you're listening to this, and a restaurant gets a point five, that's good. That means they're in that upper echelon in the the Omaha scene. So, don't worry about that. You know, that's a good thing. So, there there you go. I just want people to know we have a lot of love for food, a lot of friendship here, and uh, we have a lot of love for the
3: Omaha food scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: oh everybody's looking at me but i ain't following that i'm just gonna go what <laughs> yeah that
0: <set>? was beautiful <laughs> that's a perfect way to end i think so uh just thank you so much guys for coming on today it was a lot of fun getting a chance to feast on african cuisine yeah of all things with you so everyone should log on to the Saturday omaha podcast feed check out the in, uh the interview the review that we did of Chima. Check out all the other reviews. I mean, you guys are up, what, in the 50s now?
2: I think so. We're, We're getting 90s, very... 90s, early 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the,
1: yeah no, we, we are in the, the upper half of the 40s, getting close okay. to episode 50. Okay, yes. I was going to
0: say, you're getting close. So yeah. there's all kinds of content there. It's all still relevant. Go check it out. It's really, really good. And Omaha, just thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks for eating.
1: Thanks for eating with us.